The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. So welcome to Work the Left Side. I am joined this week by the awesomeness that is Nathan Cruz. Thanks for joining me, man. Thanks very much for, for inviting me to be on. Look forward to chatting about it. Yeah, uh, well, like I say, we've got to um, obviously looking to hit up and speak to what I call or what I would class as being like the you other. Know, the, the best of the best of the British wrestlers, you know, from the like the last you know ten years, people that I class as being key to the research. Because um, I, I spoke to this about other people, but uh, it was about ten years ago. I think British wrestling got its second boom. Yeah, and I, like you, um, Singh, Haskins, uh, amongst many many others, who will probably come up. Uh, you know, I, I hold accountable for that. I think you guys are responsible for you know, helping to get British wrestling back to where it is now, which is obviously on, on back on television. And obviously you guys at NGW have uh, been on TV for you know, a long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's the first time I've ever heard anybody put it like that in that context about the importance of like this era of you know talent that I was a part of. I've never really heard, heard someone say that. It's actually um, yeah, it's quite an interesting thought. And, and it's it's flattering as well at the same time. It, you know, it's it's nice to look back and say that you contributed to something like that because it has been incredible to see. I think back to when I started in two thousand and six, and you know, if if you was if you was like sixty to a hundred people in, it was like, oh, wait up, getting excited here. I mean, that obviously yeah, that was when I started, so I was obviously on on those lower independent shows. I wasn't working for the All Star Wrestlings at that point or the One PWs that were around. But it does it does make you look at the places that you know the world just before the pandemic you'd be hard pressed to find a, any independent promotion that wouldn't draw over a hundred. It was and it was incredible. It, like that that was just happening all the time. Like every everywhere you went, um, there was there was such a boom about it all, and it became uh, yeah it was it was very. You don't realize at the time just how cool it is until like something like this happens and turns everything on its head like yeah appreciate what you've got until you haven't got it yeah exactly. forward to getting it back again um so i see anybody who watches these shows knows there's no real structure to this so you'll probably find that i jump around a little bit so apologies yeah. uh obviously yeah we're all about you know like global bastard and stuff and i can see looking at uh you know cage match i, I try and find i know it's not 100 percent accurate but i try and find you know, a bit of information uh, from there. Uh, actually, you've had a few matches back already. Um, uh, TNT? Yeah, TNT and WAW. Uh, WAW was my first one back, and uh, also BWR, of course, which is kind of like becoming my new home talent, uh, home promotion that I'm associated with, which I'm really, really proud of being a part of, to be fair. But yeah, there, yeah, it was it was emotional coming back as well. I was going to say, what was it like? Emotional. I can imagine it just 
yeah, when you're coming out, it just being, you know, soaking it in for like, you know, for a few minutes at least. Yeah, and, and because it, there was so much doubt in my own mind, like, because I, I, I decided I was going to quit, to be honest, just as, as lockdown started. I think I was done with wrestling. I was kind of mentally spent with it all. And, uh, you know, I just guess I needed that break because then I started to realise how much I missed it and how much I appreciated it and how much it meant to me. And um, and then, yeah, but then there was that doubt in my head of like, oh, I wonder if I'm like still definitely got this. Like, it, it's so daft, really, when you've been doing it as long as I have and as much as I, I was doing it in that time. That, But I was, I was really jittery. And then WAW put me on in the main event against Ricky Knight Jr., who was like an absolute machine. It's like, oh, great, cool. So there was a lot of pressure on, but, you know, this is one thing... I can say I, I do well. I do I do respond well under pressure, and and me and Rick had a really good one that night, and I was really proud of it. And it, just to see the audience all up on the feet after it, and some of the very kind words that the Knight family and a lot of my peers backstage, I just and what Ricky Knight Jr. himself said, like it just it got right. It really got me because there was a lot of that self doubt and like to still show that like, I can do this and I can do this at that level. I was, you know, I was very proud of that. And yeah, I just want to get back to doing it more frequently. You know, that's, that's the thing that I'm finding difficult now is like, I like to be all into it. Like, instead of just like, you know, right, I've got this on this weekend coming up and then, you know, there's a bit of a gap and then there's this, like, I just like to be going. I love it when, when we're, when we're busy. So yeah, it's just that it's a different approach to it, but I understand it at the same time. Obviously, it's uh, nobody. There's still that uncertainty in the air. I think for live events, yeah, it's better safe than sorry. Isn't it? I think at the minute, just baby steps until everything's back to normal, hundred percent. Exactly, yeah, full on sprint kind of thing. So obviously, you mentioned uh, BWR, um, your home away from home now kind of thing. Uh, obviously, you and Matt Team Sin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kind of it's just cool to do. Like me and Myers, obviously, for those who have followed either our careers or followed the NGW program, like you know, there's a, a deep bedded history of a rivalry. But it was all, and it all stemmed from like not real life because we don't hate each other, but because we are actually best. Right, we grew yeah. up together. Like. We both became friends around seven and the, the thing that bonded us was pro wrestling like that's why we became friends and then it, it's just been a very real thing that's kind of played out and then matty kind of i think a, a, a younger age decided that he wanted to do wrestling on the side but he wanted to get a different career as where me I, there was no plan b like i'm just going to be a wrestler that's all i wanted to ever be and i'm going to be a wrestler and our lives kind of go off in that direction that kind of was like replicated in wrestling in me being a bad guy and saying you know like i'm now above all this and tender on my and then and then that would feud would always come back and it'd always come back to it and you know i've done some of the coolest i mean matt used to go watch wrestling together at the whole city hall we used to go watch all-star wrestling and then me and him have main evented that place against each other three times and it, i know that two of them were a sellout the cage match in particular i remember the power extra seats for and that was just insane. That's just, like mental. Like whoever ever thought that 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 would definitely happen, but it's just yeah, it's mental. It's, uh, so it's cool that I've done all that stuff like against him, but now to do something in BWR where we're we're now like 
align together and now we've got tag team championships together again like because i'm a big fan of tag team wrestling and like i really when tag team wrestling has done well i i think it's phenomenal um and so to be able to do a lot of what i enjoy watching and, and things that i practice a lot for example in the origin and progress like and now how we've evolved that over time and doing a lot of these tag matches on on the butlins camps or ngw and things like i'm really really enjoying getting to creatively express myself and what i've i've learned about tag team wrestling and and to do it with someone i'll just have this natural chemistry with that you know you can't you can't replicate it you can't swap it it's just it's nathan and matty and that's exactly kind of we just found the 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 dickhead side of us for all intents and purposes for, the, for what we're having to portray there at BWO, we found those dickhead sides of us. And it's just that coming out, like me and him, when we wind people up, do you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. we'll wind our friends up and things like that. It's kind of just just what we're doing in there. And uh, I'm really, really enjoying it. Like, it's a, it's a cool chapter because I know that there's a lot of personal things that's going on in Matt's life. Uh, he's about to become a father and, and things like that. So there's going to be a lot of responsibilities that I think are going to eventually take him away from being so committed to wrestling um so it's cool that we got to do this before you know you know father life takes over yeah definitely i mean um i first spoke to about a few weeks ago and he was on about you know you two sort of main event in york and just the emotion behind it and the sentiment and what it meant to him kind of thing um and yeah, yeah echoing uh pretty much what you sort of said there and also you know about getting them working together and like i say it's just the friendship that you've got uh you can just kind of turn it up to 11 just to annoy people sometimes yeah. it's just like, yeah yeah it's just like they will say that's the best part about that's the best part about wrestlers is when it's like kind of true to yourself but you can just turn it up a notch it's just yeah like, yeah because i've got like our fair share of frustrations with you know like certain things that's, that's happening in both our careers and we can just you know, project that into, you know, well, it's BWR's fault or whatever. And we can project that, you know what I mean, for whatever it is. But it, so it's still coming from a place that's true and something that we can both relate to together. But then it's just presented differently, if you get what I mean. And uh, But yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving it. It's so much fun. And like I say, some good teams that, we, you know, that we've had. I love the little thing that we came in and did with, um, with recently with uh, Scotty Rock and Jack Jester. Like that was, that was just, and that was like my first real like show that I had done the WAW show and had a lot of pressure on me and it, I, I loved it, absolutely loved it, it meant a lot to me but that was the first show that I felt relaxed was the Speed WR show where I was out there and I was very confidently back in my own skin so I could just go in there and really just enjoy what was happening in there and take it in and it was it was class and then we did the the, the rumble after and it was just, you know you're in there with people you've not seen in ages and like oh like let's be interrupt <laughs> for a minute so, you know what i mean like it was it was just class it was euphoric it was a really really and i saw so many people that they had not seen in such a long time and yeah it was it was it was cool it was really good really good Nice. Like I said, it must have just been, I sort of said the first, I'm guessing you, you wouldn't have had a chance to speak to everybody in the back beforehand. So you're like, yeah, literally your first time, you've come face to face with a few people in like 18 months would literally be in, in the, the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, oh, you got to kind yeah. of, must be hard not to, kind of, you just having to contain that excitement though as well, kind of thing and be like, oh, I'm really happy to see you, but I'm just kind of going to 
chop you up, you know, slap oh, you I'm up. Sure if, I'm sure if do we have it, we bring it out in different ways. <laughs> definitely a moment with me and Doris in there that I was like, oh, I miss Doris so much. <laughs> like, yeah, it was it was good. It was a lot of fun. Awesome, because um, again, I was right on about like jitters when he's on about you know working with Ricky Knight. I was, I was we were talking to Matt when he was on about like how he's been, um, you know, been met up with like Liam Slater just to start running the ropes and stuff like that again to get himself back into shape to yeah. get his confidence back up. Um, so I mean, would you obviously were you keeping kind of on top of the fitness to the stuff like that whilst you weren't working? Oh, oh, um, yeah. Did you have access to a ring just to run the ropes beforehand? I mean, I stay active all the time, to be honest. Like the, the gym and being active is like a big part of my life now. I mean, throughout lockdown, one of my jobs I was working all kinds of shifts at a gym. It's actually where I've been tonight. That's why I said we have to do this at 10 and not 9. <laughs> um, I, I, it's, it's just such a big part of it for me. But the, there is nothing that can replicate wrestling because of the it's taking the bumps and having the, the wind driven out of you and then still engaging an audience while you're then having to do all the athletic stuff inside and not to mention you've got somebody else's health in your hands quite literally so there's that to take into consideration but fortunately enough the bwr training school that i myself and myers are, are teaching at it's literally just across the bro we live in in hull it's just over in grimsby so we can just shoot over there we just had access to the ring just as long as it was like two of us and could keep social distance and things like that like we could get in and actually stretch out and do a few things and try to keep on top of doing some drills and there was a few places that was like still as long as it was socially distanced and there was limited numbers we could get in for a brief period of time so especially like when the gyms opened again officially when it was yeah I was able to keep on top of my fitness, thankfully. But then first few sessions, I remember being back in the ring, I was I find it difficult to catch my wind again. And again, that was going into my head, heading into that Ricky match. Yeah. And like, right, I need to stay up with his cardio and I can't let this match down on myself and things like it. Really, it's a big thing. Like It really does go through your head a lot beforehand. But yeah, it was. It, I was able to, thankfully... Like I say, and I remember for the most part, I ride my bike everywhere as well. Like, I, I'm in my I'm in my car when I'm busy, but, like, if I haven't, I'm walking my dog or I'm biking around, so I, I stay quite active. Ah, so it's a plus. Um, so, yeah, you, you mentioned, obviously, your, your love or, you know, your, your liking of tag team wrestling. When I was looking, again, going back to Cage Match, I was looking through, uh, and, yeah, you mentioned the origin. Obviously, I know it's a big chunk of work, you know, with the origin, like Mastiff. Um and then I noticed you teamed. Well, you went through a period where you was either in a tag team with Max Dead or you was fighting Max Dead. It seemed, um, yeah, that other quite established team. Um, and one of my first uh, exposures to you back in the day was the Screw Indie, uh, you and Haskins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Else I just remember you and Haskins mainly because of the promo pictures where he's like, "I'm a pro," you know. Yeah, this, the whole Screw Indie movement. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean that was uh, yeah. I mean that is that is what it is like. Some people have different opinions on what that was, but you know, like as I can say, it's like Haskins and I sold a lot of t-shirts. Yeah, well, that's what that's what I think. <laughs> just like a heel faction within wrestling. I didn't yeah. think it was anything really much more than that. It was just yeah, like I say, it was good merch. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember coming to like NGW shows and seeing yeah, shed loads of you know screw indie or I'm I'm you know I'm independent it was either way it works both yeah, ways yeah, didn't it? exactly like i thought that was what was so good about it was the yeah. 
like especially seeing it in the crowd like that was really like interesting to see to me but yeah yeah it was uh that was that was i mean i mean haskins have done a lot of tag team for brian as well like that was kind of like where we started to sow the seeds of like maybe wanting to do something and then haskins just had this idea because of their t-shirt and he he told me the idea and i was like yeah that's great but yeah haskins and i i i love doing that tag team for the bit that we did like we did you know i can't remember how many tag team matches we actually did for progress but so we definitely did quite a lot for brian dixon at one time and i really enjoyed that and i learned a lot as well from from doing that with haskins like he was fundamental in helping me get to like that next level to be able to to you know like understand again just working towards a more adult based audience like i'd say haskins and marty scale the two that helped me the most in in, in understanding that yeah i mean haskins is uh it was my first ever guest on here i spoke to him ages ago and uh he's doing all right for himself isn't he really but is he all right yeah <laughs> haskins has sorted life out mate like he's got the best life ever i swear to god he's honest because like I don't know if you ever met Vicky, but she's like the coolest. She's one of the yeah. boys. She's like the coolest person ever. Like, okay, he's, yeah, his wife says his kids are class. Like Jack, Jack's adorable. Like I, I, it's just because I remember when Jack was born. Like I remember like a few weeks later, like actually seeing him at Southside and now to see him growing up into a boy and ah, it's, it's crazy. Like Haskins has got the best life. Yeah, he really has. <laughs> he's got it so yeah. He's well, doing all right. and I'm very happy for him. Like he, I know, because I know, you know, in that time period in particular, we've been screwing D. Like that's how closely I worked with him. I could see how hard he worked. Like he encouraged me to work harder because he really does. He, he thinks a lot about this, and he cares a lot about this, and he applies all of that passion to it. In a, in a, you know, you know, he put he applies it he basically, yeah. and that's that's the best way to put it. He, he, and he's uh, he's very successful because of it, and he deserves it all. Oh, that's it. No, oh, he's genuinely an awesome guy as well. So I'll say that. So, yeah, he's hard as well. Yeah, he is. Well, the, uh, the yeah the the ice barrels in his back garden and stuff like that. I just don't envy that side of things. <laughs> so yeah, so you've had the origin. Obviously, you've had uh, Max Dead as well. Uh, was another guy who seems to be. Everybody, I think Matt was saying nothing but really nice stuff about him. I love Adam. Adam's one of my favourite people. I swear to God, like I could, I saw him that song go at um, Rev Pro Show. And we, oh, I was just so delighted to see him. And then the next week, we were travelling together to WAW. And oh God, like if anybody can make me laugh, it's Adam. He's just such a, I such a such a good dude. I love him to pieces. You know, I really do. And again, like, there was just something that, um, like, obviously, he'd done the Love Island thing. And uh, fair play to Adam. Like, he used that show to propel his wrestling career. And it certainly worked for him. Because then he started getting bookings over here in England. I remember the first time was he was them at NGW. And I did have that. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I look back in regret to say that I was, I kind of had a preconceived idea of what he was going to be like because he'd been on that show. So I've got to get this guy. So we pick him up and then, like, as we get going, I'm like, actually, he's all right, he's okay. And then I, I wrestled him that day. Definitely had some areas to improve on, but I was like, actually, he's pretty decent, knows what he's doing. And then, like, 
as as time rolled on, I just got to spend more time with him. And then obviously we got the WOS thing where they was putting together as a tag team, the bromance and the outline, the storyline to us. And I was like, this will be good. And like, as it went on at this point, like Adam had really become a good friend of mine, like somebody I'd spent a lot more time in the ring with and just a lot more time around in person. And, and, and it was just, it just became very easy for us to just, again, just mess around and it just be Adam and Nathan on TV and turn this weird character. But yeah, and then as we went on that show, um, to the point that, you know, the, the, the audience end up on our side, even though we start off as these dicks. Like it was there. Uh, and then the breakup and the tour we did after, the tour we did after was excellent. I mean, that, that Blackpool Tower show, maybe uh, one of the, probably my career highlight, the ladder match against Adam that night. I remember there was like three and a half thousand people or something stupid. And we they got this brilliant video package put together of it. But some of the pictures, even the pictures didn't do it justice. I remember just walking out and seeing it and just being able to like, just how my character is, like be so smug and take it in. But I was literally like, I was taking in this just massive energy. Like you could really feel it. And it was it was brilliant. Like, and I've done big shows with, with thousands of people, but there was just nothing. They were so enthusiastic that night. The atmosphere was incredible. It was so good. Um, and yeah, and, and again, I've got to share that with Adam. I've had so many good times with Adam, and yeah, and like I, I'm, I'm hoping to have more with him. Like I'm, I'm hoping that like me and Adam get to spend a lot more time together now that we're starting to come out of uh, come out of restrictions and, and the and the pandemic. Um, I mean, it's definitely. Like I say it, I don't know anyone that's got a bad word to say about him, but from a fan's perspective, he very much looks like something that's going to be very easy to dislike you know if it was like as a heel he's just that thing about him where you just kind of like that's it and but then in the moment he could speak to you you'd just be like this guy is class this is he's he's just so funny just some of the things that he comes out with i swear to god like there's nobody who can i have me in tears floods of tears like for a good ten minutes, solid, just laughing back and forth. He's, he's such a good dude, but yeah, he, he has. He's definitely got that side in him to to do that type of villain to just be just like look at me. But then the the, the other side to that is that women just look at him and they're just it's you know what I mean like he's a very attractive dude. Kids yeah. love him because he looks like an action figure come to life. So he's yeah he has that to combat with. It's just. It's just the other blokes. <laughs> but, but, um, how did you find the whole uh, world of sport thing? Because I remember that was huge. You know, like wrestling's coming back to ITV. Uh, they, you know, they, they hyped it. The promos were there. You know, it was, it was a massive deal. And uh, I, 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 say I made my kids watch it on a Saturday. Um, yeah, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I'm kind of... What was it like to be a part of that? You know, was it like this massive thing on your shoulders? Did you just think, right, we'll see where it goes? No, I was, I was really, I was thrilled to be a part of it. I really was because I knew it was historic, right, good, bad, or whatever. It was going to be historic, um, and then I saw they edited it, <laughs> and I was devastated, like absolutely <laughs> devastated. I remember again going back to how much I love tag team wrestling. I remember Man and Adam's first tag team match that they had. I think that was on the second episode. And we had this little bit in there. I always ensure that the right guys, the legal guys are in the ring. Like, it's something with a big stickler on. And the way it ran, and the way they'd edited, sorry, 
it looked like there'd be no tag made and just all of a sudden like I'd run in and put an illegal chin lock on and the referee was just allowing this. And it was just, again, I know it's something so small and wrestling fans, like die-high wrestling fans will notice it, but just general viewers of ITV probably wouldn't notice it. But it was things like that where it's like, right, you're really like, you're messing with, with my heart now. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but it, it, the worst, it was just like how undigestible the show was because of some of the, so many frequent cuts and some of the bad cuts and repeating things that didn't need replays just for the sake of an action replay. It was... If the the thing was is that they didn't they had wrestling people who knew how to edit wrestling offered to help them with it all the way free of charge and this turned it down and it was like oh guys like okay and then sure enough the biggest criticism they got was looks like a cool little show but like you can't it's, it's just the editing was terrible just yeah. who was editing this like it was a lot of that was like put on to you know now overproduce and it was always going to be overproduced that was the thing that was one criticism i kind of disagreed with because it's like come on they're making a saturday a saturday tv show like on itv this is to counter you know i don't know what was don't know what was on at the time i don't really watch tv if i'm honest but, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you it's on um but, but it, to me like, it was like it was that gladiator's spot yeah, exactly. it was like saturday like, 6, yeah, 6 p.m on a saturday yeah, exactly. Like you had to have that big production and be on the top where that's what it had to be. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a shame because I felt like it had it had potential for a second series if it had uh, gone well because the storylines were certainly there for them to continue. The talent was certainly there, but it is what it is, and it's uh, it's uh, and like I said, I'll just look back at it and just say, cool, I got to do that and be a part of it, and you know, I've got something that can clearly display that I know how to work a, a wrestling TV show. Well, I say, like I said, good or bad, it was, it, it was there, it was the return of British wrestling, it was, you know, the return of British wrestling on ITV, man, and yeah, you were part of that, so that's, you know, that's monumental, that's that's history-making. Um, and like I say, you got to work with some brothers, well, there was a lot of good talent involved as well, that was the, the really weird thing. So I'd yeah, like to yeah. actually them, uh, you know, ended up being the champ. Justin, yeah, yeah. Top guy, um, Kirby, Drake, Slater was in there, you uh, Kaylee Ray. Um, yeah. so it kind of came about at the same time as NXT, NXT UK. So I yeah. remember there being a bit of a clashing of people signing for World of Sport and people signing, you know, for NXT. I don't yeah, know if yeah. that played an issue, if they felt they had to overproduce it because they were competing with. I don't think ITV ever saw that as competition. Like, that wasn't their idea. Like, their idea was to have a, a weekly time slot for um, for casual wrestling fans, you know, casual TV-going fans, like, and to create an, their own fan base. There was no, like, right, well, NXT UK exists, so we can step in. That was never the case. Like, I don't think that was ever their idea to be competing with. It's just competing with whatever's on BBC or whatever's on Sky or whatever's on Channel 4. Do you know what I mean? You're not really yeah. competing with a wrestling company. That's fair. That's just me speculating more than anything. <laughs> yeah. um, but anybody, again, anybody watching this show knows uh, I'm a massive geek, I'm a massive comic book fan, I'm a massive wrestling fan, and I've, I will stand on my soapbox and say there's there's a, a huge crossover appeal between wrestling and comic books. Yeah, uh, I like to talk about this to people that I know appreciate both art forms. Yeah. Um, obviously, anybody who knows you, 
shows you a massive uh, appreciation of comic books. I'm a nerd, man. I'm a full-blown yes. nerd. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> comic books. It's cool to be a nerd now. We can say this. Yeah, yeah. Comic books. So, uh, old vintage toys for superheroes. Like, yeah. Kaiju, Godzilla. I, I, I love all that shit. Power Rangers. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I mentioned something to do with the Power Ranger. Did you like sort him out with some Power Ranger toys or something a while back? Yeah, what? Sorry? Did you sort him out with some Power He mentioned some sort of Power Ranger toys. To me, and I would suit Matt. Matt. Oh, he got me recently. He got me a white, the Ninja White Ranger. That might have like, been it. Yeah, like, that's what he got me recently. Like, I had a summer barbecue and he brought that round for me, which is pretty cool. So I put that into uh, into the toy collection. Yeah, but yeah, that's we. Yeah, we. I mean, and like, obviously, he's got a good little Power Ranger collection as well. So yeah, we are things for it. Do you want to tell us about the your show? On, on yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So right yeah, here, like, like, I love this stuff. So if anybody yeah, doesn't yeah. know about it or doesn't watch it, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, uh, I guess, a, a window into the real me because I've been, I've always been quite big on the old cafe brother, um, <laughs> and always kind of stuck to that persona. But then, like, say, kind of after lockdown when I was deciding that I was going to leave this behind and I was like oh, I don't know what else to do and like this like me and Matty have another really close friend uh, by the name of Andy um, and he he did used to wrestle like when we first trained but he ended up that he was actually a really good video editor and a good cameraman and he he dived into that aspect of it and so if you ever watch some of those very early NGW shows with like the cool build-up packages that they used to have and all that stuff back in like 2011-2012 that's Andy and he's a genius and he's so good at that stuff so we don't we just said like we, we he wanted to do a YouTube channel himself for a bit but he just didn't know what to do and then I was kind of figuring stuff out after like lockdown had uh, kind of lifted and I was like oh I think it was just before lockdown started actually that we decided to quickly film some and uh, and, and see how it'd go so we just did inside the toy room and it's just like I'm a, I'm a collector of, of toys a lot of them vintage stuff like from the 90s so like small soldiers a lot of the toy biz marvel like spider-man and x-men uh batman is my absolute favorite superhero so i've got a lot like the batman and robin 97 collection batman animated series stuff of course mighty morphin power rangers godzilla because i'm a big fan of uh, the original japanese godzilla so yeah there's loads of cool stuff that um we just had to talk about so andy put together i wasn't expecting it to be as good as as that first episode was that andy did and yeah, I just I've, and then I just enjoy doing it. It's just been fun for me to kind of share something else I'm passionate about that I'm kind of interested in, and and uh, and and you've met I've, we've met people through there as well, which is really cool. Like people who've watched our channel and even sent us gifts and things like that. I was like, that's incredible. Like that's so and people like occasional comment on it, like enjoying this channel from Brazil. I just think that's crazy. Like, and it's not a massive channel yet. Like, I think it's only just got like one point seven thousand uh, subscribers. So we ain't like got a record-breaking amount of subscribers or anything like that. But it is, it has connected you to a bit of a community, and it's uh, and it's cool. It's just a, uh, it's just something that I'm really 
enjoying show. But I've been re- redoing all the toy room at the minute. I've been able to move some stuff around and create some more space. I've even parted ways with some stuff. Um, but yeah, but it looks awesome though. But then I've got new shit that I've added to it as well. I got, it was my birthday the other day. My mum got me oh. the 1996 Spider-Man Daily Bugle playset <laughs> at 31 wow. years old. And I was ecstatic say so nice. it looks awesome it looks incredible yeah <laughs> there you are. Nice. Well, happy belated birthday um but that's the kind of stuff that you want to get I've, I've I'm, a, I'm a big fan of birthdays and christmases are for stuff that you would never ever buy you know on a, on a, on a day-to-day basis you know don't buy me something practical i don't want to kill i don't want to fucking hoover yeah. get me something really random it's like I showed you this before we started recording, but I was off. Got me this last Christmas. It's Excellent. Reviewed. That's nice. Pull away Iron Man. Last thing. Oh, um, yeah, my Roth knows. Never ever get me anything practical because I don't want it. I want random cool shit that I would never ever buy on yeah, any yeah. given day. That's yeah. what birthdays and Christmas is about. I don't care how old you are. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's fun, like, I, I don't understand, like, obviously, it, sometimes you just do lose that appeal to certain things, but, like, I, I've had this debate with people who are a bit older, like, oh, how would you want to keep toys? And I'm like, I can understand why you're saying that, because toys you had were, were shit, mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, back in, toys in the 70s, and yeah, like, they were crap, I can understand why you'd want to part with them. But, like, by the time, like, the nineties rolled in, like these are like oh, works of art, and like especially when they're in the the boxes and stuff, like it, it's just cool. And especially when, it, like you say, I, I I enjoy the comic books, I enjoy the cartoons. Like to this day, I can right at this morning. In fact, I rewatched the origin of Mister Sinister episode uh, of X Men because he's my favorite. Um, the nineties, the nineties cartoon one. Or... Yeah, yeah, I was watching yeah, that on yeah. Disney. So like, he's he's one of my favourite of the Evil Mutants. I just want, yeah. and I'm a big. And there's something else about me. Like, I'm really big into the Jack the Ripper case. I've been fascinated with it since I was ten, and that's part of Mister Sinister's origin story. But yeah, I just I, I love all that stuff. So like, to be able to have like something, and it just it's just an, it's like another little escape at times. Do you know what I mean? Like stresses of the world like of adult life and particularly can get on top of you yeah. and especially like i don't I'm, i love my garden so like i can't enjoy that in the in the winter months i can't sit by my pond and things like that so i uh i have my toy room where i can sit in there and read a comic and just escape for a bit in there it's cool nice um i will slightly jump on to the defense of 80s toys though i feel slightly besmirched at the the eighties. No, toys. yeah, I apologise <laughs> there because yeah, you had some awesome stuff in the eighties. Yes, absolutely, like turtles, for example. Yeah, turtles, mask, Thundercats. Mask, yeah, yeah, mask. Original... Everybody's mentioned mask to me, and I've oh. I've completely missed on what mask was. Obviously, Thundercats have heard, oh. but yeah, mask. Yeah. yeah, I've never heard of this. A few people have mentioned it to me, and I'm like, I I actually have no idea what mask is. Uh, the, the animation is shit now when you watch the cartoon, but the toys were like fucking awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of people yeah, Masters of the uh, Universe, that was the 80s. Yeah, it was. Again, animation was shit, but the toys were awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the 80s definitely did have it. Yeah, sorry. And we, had the original, we had the original Secret Wars toys as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first Black Spider-Man toy. Was that the first ever one? 
Yeah, because that's who's born. Because, well, the symbiont was not born, but introduced in the Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was yeah. when he was first introduced, but yeah. I didn't know that was the first time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, 80s toys, not as pleasantly, they weren't as nice to the eye uh, yeah, as yeah. the 90s toys were. I mean, yeah, when McFarlane yeah. started knocking stuff out, that's when it got pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and a lot of the artwork was inspired by Jim Lee. Like, yeah. from the action figures was uh, all from his drawings from Marvel and stuff. So, yeah. But, yeah, some fucking... But that's the thing that these works of art, and I just think, yeah, they look awesome. I don't yeah. care if I've got a play set of 31. <laughs> oh, I'm right there with you, and I've got 10 years on you, and I still get excited by yeah. that shit. So, yeah. it's like... It's fine by uh, me. I'll always have that in me. <laughs> um, so, right, anyway, I've, I've chewed you off and off about toys. Um, wrestling, what's what's your goals, man? What's what's the future hold, uh, Nathan Cruz? What, what's the plan? Have you got anything? Uh, to, or we just do you know what? Like, I've come, like, I've had too many new, like, experiences with something nearly happening and then something nearly happening that, like, I'm just not saying that I don't have a goal because I still do, I guess, in some ways, but I'm just not so fixated on it anymore. Um, my kind of my goal right now is just I'd like to do it a bit more than I'm doing it currently because of everything, obviously, with the pandemic and stuff. But uh, I just want to enjoy, if if, it, if I do this for five more years and it, it doesn't lead to a major contract somewhere, then so be it. I've met a lot of incredibly good people doing this job. People that I can call friends for life and they're, they're from the opposite side of the world and that's incredible to me like that that's my big take home from it so now i just want to enjoy it like i'm just happy to just do this and get to say that i you know at least for 10 years prior to the pandemic this was my full-time job and i've, I've, I've you known people talk to me about it like just casual people at the gym you know, also, did you ever wrestle for WWE? Yeah, I did, actually. And like, I can say that, and it actually did happen. I did achieve that at some point. Oh, like, people obviously ask daft questions, like, you, did you meet such and such? Yeah, I did, actually. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I can, there's a lot of that stuff that I can tick off my list, but then there's other shit that's just, I never expected it to happen, and I've been very fortunate to have it happen. I mean, one, now, I've used this example a lot on, on podcasts recently. I think it's because of last year, I've really had a chance to, reflect on my career and the one one moment really just stand out to me was my 26th birthday and uh we had a show at the whole city hall and i was wrestling doug williams which is already a big big thing to me because i used to watch him on the telly and then um and then just before the show starts the promoter rich comes running up to me he's like Nate, the, the camera crew got held up in traffic they're only just parking up can you go out and just do a promo, just do some of that Nathan Cruz promo stuff, just to while the camera crew gets set up? Like, yeah, sure, no worries. It's like, okay, they're going to play your music in a minute. <laughs> like, all right, you was expecting us to say yes, <laughs> so I uh, quickly put my t shirt on and grab my belts. At the time, I was the, the company's top baby face, so it helped for me to go out and open the show and not just piss people off. Um, so, yeah, but obviously, this is the social media era and the through I think I guess through Twitter or whatever they did they knew it was my birthday. So um I gotta speak and then I think we got we didn't have a sellout that night but it was pretty close to it. I would say there was about seven hundred people and all just start singing happy birthday to to me. And I was stood in the middle of the ring 
in Hull City Hall, the venue I used to watch wrestling in, my home city, and I've took 700 odd people, my parents have been two of them, and my fiance have been another one, like singing happy birthday to me. This is like, I never, when you vision and you dream about being a wrestler, you dream about WrestleMania moments, you dream about certain things you'd like to do in Japan or whatever, but like, you never dream of something like that. And then when it happens and it takes your breath away, I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And there's not, there's nobody on earth that can say that I had that experience but me, which is pretty fucking cool. And wrestling gave me that, like pursuing this dream and saying that I was going to do it when people said you wouldn't. Like I've had a, it's given me a very good life. So yeah, the next five years get me to a major contract. It hopefully like, like an AW. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. If it doesn't, I had a great time doing this and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of these next five years. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought yeah, that's I think, the perfect way to, to look forward because it's like, like I said, you just got to enjoy it. You've enjoyed it up to now, so why why, why wouldn't you enjoy it for the next yeah, exactly. five years? So, yeah. Obviously, you're on about the working. Uh, you generally sort of find like, um, I was talking to my obviously like you sort of said he's got is he's got a job outside of this. Uh, yeah. But I, I spoke to like RJ Singh, also got a job outside of this. Uh, you know, I spoke to, to Haskins and a few other people that do what you do, and it's it. This is it. You know, this is your bread and butter. Um, how did you get into? How long? Well, how long did it take you to sort of make it your main job? Because it's something that some people either take a risk on and just think fuck it we'll do it or that you know it's very hesitant about it uh, it took me four years from my debut i debuted in in 2006 and my ambition my major ambition at that point was to get to all-star wrestling because i knew if i got there i'd have the ability like i would have the opportunity to be able to set this full time and I'd, I'd have the opportunity to learn from the very best in the country like, I needed to be there. That was all I wanted to do. Like, that was my main goal. But I knew it just wouldn't happen overnight. And I had these little stepping stone goals in mind. That, well, if I start working here, I might be able to get in the air. And, like, there was all little things in my mind that were all going to get me to my next major step. And, um, and yeah, so, yeah, I was, I was 19 when All Star took me on. Um, they basically, I'd done a couple shows for them. Brian had not been there. He'd either been Letitia, his daughter, or somebody else had been running the show for him because he had another show somewhere. Um, and then finally, he was he was at one I'd done in, in Croydon, Fairfield Halls, which is an incredible venue to say you've done as well. Um, but then, yeah, he, he'd seen me and took an instant like to me, asked my email, my number, and great. Um, he started up for more dates and me, more dates and me, and then that Easter, I'd done, um, I, I, as Easter was approaching, sorry, because I'd done the back, the tail end of the half term of the February, and that's when I quit my job. Um, well, say I quit. Kind of got fired for going to do Brian's shows. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, but, yeah, at that point, I, you know, I was like, well, this is where I want to be anyway. And then it was pretty, I think there was like about three weeks in between where I did, I wasn't on the full-time team. And I didn't have a job, but I was pretty much, you know, I was still doing other independence and things. And then Brian just said, uh, right, you're going to, on the Easter run, you're going to start and you're going to have, you know, all the dates that are on the website are yours. It's like, 
awesome. Like he said that to me on Colossus Kennedy. And um, you know, for me that was exactly where I wanted to be because then I had, you know, Rampage took me under his wing from there. I had access to Robbie Dynamite was my favourite British wrestler when I was a fan growing up. So I had access to work and learn with Robbie. Uh, Robbie Brookside was still there, Frankie Sloan, Dean Allmark, they, just all these people that I could just pick the brains of and, and be so close to uh, James Mason. And, and it just honestly, that by the time, and, and Brian himself, like I never want to discredit Brian. Brian's seen and done, you know, he's the longest wrestling promoter in, in Europe for a reason. Like, and he knows, and he's had a lot of good talent come through All Star Wrestling. Um, and it, it did, it just helped me get to where I wanted to be, like, as a competent, like, not just a competent, but a worker, like, somebody who knows how to go in there and just do the job that's asked of them. And it was around that time because of that, like, you know, that was when I first get started getting looked at for potential WWE tryout. So everything was, you know, I, I just loved All-Star. All-Star made me the wrestler. I, I ended up being, you know, because, again, the people I was working with, Rampage has been the best mentor that I could have ever asked for as well. Like, he's just... He's phenomenal. Like he's exceptionally good at pro wrestling. He's a name that comes up pretty much on every episode where I talk to somebody. Um, I only talk to British wrestlers um, or people that have worked in in, in England. Um, yeah. And yeah, that page is he's pretty much been deemed. I think Molly, but it was Molly uh, deemed him as being the Obi One of British wrestling. Yeah, he is like that. That's a very good way of putting it. He is like the Obi. He's, he's the great. He's the great Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> we all. Yeah, he, I, I think he's universally not I, recognized by his peers as as a, the best we've got. I think he'd be hard. Like that's you know. And I, I mean, there's no disrespect to to him, but I'd say that's excluding Will. I think Will's up there. Will Osprey, but he's obviously more like Japan based now. But um, like. Rampage, but again, I, I no, and I'm sure Will would agree that you know if, if Rampage was on those type of shows as well, like a, a, doing a Tokyo Dome, I think Rampage would you know, more than oh, more than probably, like live up to to all expectations that Will could yeah. set. Like he's just he he's just a brilliant, brilliant professional wrestler. I, I it's so hard to. I can't put it into words just how universally he's respected and loved in within British wrestling and respected because of how good he is at it. like not just him as a man because he's a hell of a he's a hell of a human being like he's a he's a credit as a human being but he's uh, he's just a brilliant wrestler I, I I remember the first time I seen him like I'd, I'd, it was a I don't know, the first time I think I saw him, I was actually wrestling him <laughs> for All-Star. I can't remember if I'd seen him wrestle or wrestled him first, but I remember just watching one of his matches and saying, like, he's he's outstanding, like, he's the best, like, he's so good, I want to be as good as him. Like, I, he makes me wince. Like, like I, I want to have that level of believability and, like, how good he is at everything. He, he, he's so, he's so good. He's, he's, he's next level good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to question anyone's booking ability, but to me, Rampage should be holding that NXT UK Championship, and I'm not saying that just because, like, to me, he genuinely, and by his peers, is regarded as the fucking best. Yeah. Like, simply put. The country's got to offer kind of thing. Working in these shows at the minute. Yeah. So, um, I was um, 
talking to last last guest I had last guest I had on was a uh, referee Craig Anderson. And, oh, uh, Craig, how's he? Yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's doing good, man. He's obviously he's living down south now. He's he's kind of hung up the stripes for now, but right. he says he'll, he can be tempted back at some point. But uh, yeah. yeah, we got talking about stuff, uh, and I was talking about sort about Rampage because you know working title. I'm a Leeds lad, title yeah, yeah. promotion, uh, and yeah, just. Again, just to add authenticity to Rampage. It's like I can literally remember being stood in the crowd one time and he turned around and literally like just locked eyes, just randomly locked eyes with me. And I damn near had to walk out <laughs> of the and I was like, nope, don't like it. No, it's Rampage. <laughs> it's, <scary. laughs> yeah, it's just that kind of authentic. That's just how authentic it was. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. You, it you took me by surprise. But I was like, you yeah. have to try and get used to being at the opposite side of the ring to that. Like, remember, <laughs> like, Oh, right. You're not actually going to kill me, are you, tonight? <laughs> well, you've had oh, some like... good ones as well. Like, there's some of my favourite, again, favourite moments in wrestling of, and of being wrestling him. I I absolutely, there's so many moments I could think back to. There was one at Hull City Hall again. I won the, the NGW Championship for the, the second time in my career. And I, it was against Rampage. And again, it was a sellout that night parents were there i was that was my beth as like the top baby face in the company and it was just again the stars kind of aligned moment because there was the guy that i who has definitely taught me the most who i respected the most and uh and it, it just getting to main event with him was in you know insane it was uh yeah it was a real real goosebump moment like i look back on that with quite a bit of joy because all i've ever really Especially you get to that certain point with someone who you, you respect and look up to like that. Like you just want to make them happy. Do you know what I mean? Like you want to make sure that they're they're enjoying this match just as much as you are. And like, you know, we've had some, some good conversations when he's he spoke about certain matches that we've had that he, he looks back on fondly and there and that's that's very special to me. You know, that's those are the real championship belts is when you you're getting that recognition from your peers. Um, and especially somebody who I held in such high esteem, and that's uh, that, that, that's the big words coming from someone like him. Well, it just yeah, it gives you that seal of approval, doesn't it? It makes you, yeah. like, you know, it makes you realise that you're doing what you're doing really well. It's like yeah, it's got to be nice in any shape, form, or life. Like um, I mentioned to you before we start recording, obviously I do a lot, I do artwork and stuff. Uh, and I'll put it on Twitter. And then, yeah, if somebody acknowledges it or, you know, says it looks awesome, I'm like, thank you. It just makes you feel better within yourself. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice to get that approval. So, um, as I mentioned at the start, um, I, I kind of class, a hand, not a handful, probably about, I don't know, about 10 or 12 people has been, say, like the, uh, the alumni for the second boom period of British wrestling. Obviously, like yourself, Myers, RJ Singh, uh, Sticks, Kirby, Liggs, Haskins, um, but one of the names is Travis, uh, and I always kind of like to pick people's brains uh, if they've got a, a fond memory or a funny memory of Travis. Yeah, yeah, yes. Just, just to keep you know the name out there, keep the memory alive and whatnot. But yeah, just just a brilliant, brilliant dude. <laughs> like I, I. Yeah, like, there's a lot I could, I could, there's, me, I remember me and Trav had a little fallout at one point, and then, um, I'll never forget when he reached out to me again, he, he just, he just said, uh, can we be friends again? 
was like, yeah, of course we can, mate. I've hated this. I don't like having a disagree. And then he was just like, I just wanted to know that, like, because he was at Progress that night, and he was like, like, everything you do screams WWE. Like, you are made for that company. I didn't realise just how good you've gotten. And again, it just was like that thing from a peer, but like somebody who, I mean, Trav was just, to be around him, he was always laughing. Like, always. Like, 100%, I can't think of a time when I was at a show with Trav where he didn't make me laugh. Like, there was this time when we were in Scotland. <laughs> we were walking from Glasgow City Centre, and um, and there was, we had no idea how long it was from, like, where we were staying to this little Tesco. So from this little Tesco, sorry. So I'd picked up a bunch of stuff that I needed that night. <laughs> and then... Um, with that, like, as we cl- we're walking up like quite a steep hill in, in Glasgow City, one of my bags rips, and this glass of pe- this jar of peanut butter just hits the floor, starts rolling down the hill. Oh, shit, my peanut butter arm's, like, running down. And Trav dies. He just starts, like, absolutely creasing up, like, fuck it. Like, and for the... He just would not let me live that down. Like, just constantly, just like, I just can't stop. He always used to call up my, my real last name. He's like, I can't get over the air with just chasing his peanut butter down down Glasgow <laughs> City Centre. There's so many daft things with Trav, like just uh, yeah, oh, just such such a great, great person to be around, right? Just he brought so much positive like energy to a changing room. Like he was so funny. Um yeah, and that's why so many people have got like, you know, they say that you know, why his his death was was so impactful at that time. I mean, not not to say that anybody else's isn't, but like, it was because he he was he was so loved. Do you know what I mean? Like, by so many people, like it, it hit it hit a lot of people hard. It was. Uh, I remember I was with Rampage actually. The day we found out, me Rampage and HD Drake shared a hotel room that night, and Rampage brought the news to us that morning. We just kind of laid there and was like. Shit, because we all have like memories, our own little things with travel of the, of the years, and it, it was just such a funny person. But that's the best thing is like anytime I think of travel, I just laugh. Like, that's usually <laughs> what happens is like I start like grinning and laughing because I just think of like some of the things he'd say, some of the things he'd do, and just such a yeah, yeah. He's he's missed, but he's he's left us a lot of good memories as travel. Yeah, I mean, like I so, said, so I try and make it a thing on every episode. If I know the person I'm talking to has worked with him or knew him, kind of thing, is to try and get that story. And um, yeah, everybody comes up with like some absolute belters. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it speaks volumes. Um, so the all star thing, um, you say it obviously made you the, the wrestler you are today, kind of thing. It helped to elevate you. Um, so. The I think it was the Dean Ormock treated something recently on about you know bigging up the whole holiday camp experience. Yeah, you're a firm believer of that as well. Then I take it you know you 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 would swear by that hundred percent. And like, and it isn't just this is the thing is like I can just say that's where I am. People can say, oh well, you know, like you you just a holiday holiday camp worker. Brian Danielson says the same thing about these. <laughs> Cash Wheeler says the same thing about these. Nine Neidhart says the same thing about these camps. Like everybody who's who's come through the ranks, Seamus obviously, like guys, Drew McIntyre, God, who've actually 
done their time on them and said, like, yeah, like this is like the one of the best places you can learn how to be a professional wrestler and eff- do it effectively is is on those those camps. And it is true, it is it's hard to explain unless you're actually in wrestling to know like what it is that you're trying to achieve out there on the nightly basis. But yeah, absolutely, like they're the best. Like I've I've loved doing them and I've loved again, like I say, like so where a lot of like I would try stuff because I know that if it's gonna work with casuals who don't really care about what's it's just entertainment. That's the entertainment that's there. If it works for them, I can bet my right arm it's gonna probably work with a wrestling crowd when I come to do an independent and like that's why a lot of that stuff gets trialed and tested and worked out is doing those camps like I said about going back to that tag match thing that I said like we was doing a a tag team title main event on the Butlins run uh, one summer and it it was brilliant like it really gave me a lot of time to apply a lot of lessons that I'd been taught by certain people that had gifted me that that knowledge and and being able to pass it on to you know there was a lot of Kip Sabian was one of them Amir Jordan was one of them. Gabriel Kidd, like you know, a lot of good young talent that we was helping. Sid Scala, another one, like you know, would be my tag team partner quite often. In fact, working with Max Dead, like Justin Lucas, he's now left wrestling, but it was just awesome. I loved it, absolutely loved it, and um, and everything that I did for All Star with on those camps as well was again, like like I said, it made me who I am today. That first summer, I remember coming out of it a completely different wrestler because I'd do my match and then I'd come right from the curtain, Rampage is there, he'd been watching like, right, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, you did this wrong, Mikey Whiplash, same again, right, you need to do this and this and this, okay, thank you, thank you I'd take my match on my camera Robbie Dynamite would sit down and watch my match with me on my camera and like, okay so this, 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 this and this alright, okay, then I'm wrestling um, and then our referee was Frankie Sloan and like he was so good at like just like again his his wealth of knowledge that he would also pick me up on on just the little details of like it will look more aggressive if you do this don't do that like that like it doesn't look believable looks hokey like just really tightening my stuff up and then I was working with a, a Japanese guy by the name of Shadow Phoenix who trained in Mexico so like with Ultimo Dragon so it was awesome like he was just. Had this mixed bag of experiences constantly feeding my head, and I'd do that much the next day and correct everything I'd done wrong, and then it'd be like, okay, well done, you got that, that, that. But then there was this, and then there was this, and then you're doing this five, six days a week, and then go home, change your clothes, and you're right back out on the road. And then again, just that experience of life away, life on the road, and like that to me was what I wanted to get into pro wrestling for one of those reasons is I wanted to travel. I wanted to see places. I wanted to go explore this fucking vast world. And yeah, it was just awesome. Like I look, there's so many historic venues that I got to wrestling for all star that did some, because Brian runs some absolutely gorgeous theaters and, and grand halls that are like, and now like did, you know, the part of, of, of British theatrical history. And I look at some of them, like some of the acts that have been there, walking through I'm like oh my god like you know, like this is insane like just some of the places we got to do like yeah and and like say so many people that I met through there and and became friends for life John Schuyler and Cash Wheeler 
uh, two that I met through All Star Wrestling, and uh, I mean, you know, Cash and I just instantly hit off the first summer he came over in 2012, and I really, really got on with this guy. And then the following year, he came back with Skyler, and I was like, he's just as good. Like, I love these guys. This is cool. And then <laughs> and me and Cash was working each other most that summer. It was either against each other or as a tag team. And again, just getting to learn. And then to this day, like, two people who were, like, two of my closest friends, like, I, I genuinely, like, you know, I, I love those guys. Like, I really do. Like, like Cash and I in particular, like, you know, I, I really do. He's he's helped me as I said with all those tag team matches. It's you no know, who who else to who else better to learn from than one of the best tag team in the world in my opinion. And I'm not saying that to be biased that he's, he's a good friend of mine. Like to me, oh, if, if you get tag team wrestling, they're just the absolute best at it. So yeah, like, yeah, like again, that's all star again. Still, I wouldn't have met cash if it wasn't through working with all star and to this day i'm still getting lessons from him on i would say improve certain things in my matches that can make me go to that next level and that's just awesome like that's uh like i say all star was just uh, to this day i it, i think i still would say it's a promotion that you need to try and try and get to work on if you're a young talent because you will be awarded the opportunity to get repetitions in and make mistakes that you need to make, but in front of a crowd that's far more like you can you can recover from it. Do you know what I mean? Wrestling fans, the moment they see a fuck up, they're letting you know that they've seen a fuck up. Yeah, you know, holding camp fans just kind of go <laughs> and laugh it off. And you're not going to get a, you're not going to get a you fucked up chant at Butlins, are you? No, yeah, exactly. You're not going to get that. So <laughs> that's what I mean. Like it's um, it's it's the best place to get those reps in and, and really just. You know, really perfect your art. That's awesome. So, as a as Cash, a big advocate for you holding on to the tag rope in tag matches. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. that stuff, like, like really analyzing the rules. Like that's like saying, like, it was around about the time when we was doing the origin stuff. Like, I was asking him like for more advice on tag team matches and things like that, and then. Yeah, like over the years, like just little bits that I've shown him, or oh, what about this, or oh, what about that? Yeah, like he's really good at just giving me good little tidbits that really make a big difference. And uh, but yeah, and then like just really, he gave me a really good like idea of like how to just really get my head around tag team wrestling and like look at it differently. And then uh, for me, for me now, I'm the main the main guy in there when I'm putting these matches together is that referee. Because that can make or break those matches to me, like, and it really does. Like, is it's yeah. I don't want to go too into it, but like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Craig said um, if you get a good referee, they're, they're invisible. That's exactly what I say. Yeah, I always say if someone asks who's refereeing for the first time, I'm like, oh, I was out there. I was like, but well, I didn't know you was there until I needed you. So to me, that means that you're a good referee. Like. That's the best way I can put it. Like you don't know they're there till you need them to be there. Yeah. Um. So, all right, I'll won't keep you too long, dude, because I lost it's got on, on a little bit. Uh, apologies, but uh, <laughs> I do. Um. Before I go into the next thing, I, I've started. Like, I want to try something different. But your wrestling, um, 
enjoyments? Did you used to watch it as a kid? Have you always been WWE, WCW, AEW nowadays, ECW? Um, so yeah, as a kid, like it was just always there. Like it's like you know you used gladiators earlier. That's kind of how I saw wrestling because my dad watched it, so it was always just there. It was just the show. So I never like I didn't know there was action figures for it. <laughs> Mum and dad were very sneaky at first. Like you wouldn't like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh no I don't know. Like the gladiators, you don't see action figures of them, and I although they apparently they did. But either way, like that was kind of a thing. It was just a TV show with these awesome weird people on it and that was kind of our i guess with my first it was just always there and then as you know if i can think back to a character that i attached to it was the undertaker like that would be the first like yeah clear memories i have of wrestling would be his entrance like that was probably what my first clear like watching pro wrestling was and my uncle used to make me like because we never had sky television we only had there and so but my uncle did so he uh, used to make me like a little tape of like different cartoons and stuff on it and it also had, I think it had a WF Superstars so I used to catch up with it on there and like along with my Batman and Spider-Man cartoons and Power Rangers episodes and stuff so yeah like that was it was just there and then by the time I was 10 it had taken over like I was I died had I, I, I loved WCW I got hooked into the whole Goldberg like streak thing, like proper rubbed. I loved Sting. I just, I just like this is awesome. Like wrestling consumed it. Like that was it. There was nothing else that I had an interest in anymore. Like I just watched wrestling, played with wrestling figures. My spare time was wrestling my mates. Like that was all I cared about. It was, and then uh, there was it was WrestleMania seventeen. Or it was the turning point for me. So I was ten years old. I was off school because I was really ill, and I actually was ill for once because it was WrestleMania. <laughs> um, and someone had taped, uh, as a neighbour had actually taped me WrestleMania for me. Um, and like I said, I was an Undertaker guy. And I just remember when he was draped over the middle rope just after he's had this incredible match with Triple H. And he's, he's bleeding down his forehead and he looks out in his hometown at 63,000 people in the Houston Astrodome says this is my fucking yard and i just remember like that hitting me on like a really deep even at 10 i was like wow i may never meet mark calloway but yet he has affected 10 year old nathan erwin in hull england and then there he is in his hometown and none of those people may never actually know him as the person they only know the character but look at that look at the emotion he's making them feel i can't just do this i can't just be a fan I have to do this. Like that was that turning point, wow. ten years old. And I know that sounds ridiculous to some people, oh, but man. I swear to God, like that was the moment I knew this is what I have to do with my life. I can't just be, I can't just be a fan of it. I want to be a part of it. I want to be a wrestler. And it just took precedent from there. Like everything I did was all around. You know, that was when we started a backyard promotion and all that <laughs> daft shit that you do when you're young. But then, uh, yeah, before we were able to found a, a wrestling school. But yeah, that's, a, that's, that's an overlooked question. match. Yeah. WWE fan, I guess. WCW yeah. WWE fan, and yeah, but like the, the, from, the one. That's, that's that's an overlooked match as well. That take a Triple H match. People obviously remember the two later matches at Mania, but they don't ever really remember or discuss that seventeen one. And I, know, I, I think the seventeen one's the best one. Like that's the one I I love. Like. I think it's incredible. I just think it's such a good, uh, it's just such a good 
comeuppance of this villain yeah. who's been a piece of shit for so long, and just the ride that the wave of emotion in the, in the audience is just it's, it's class. Such a good. Fact, I, th- I think all three matches are good. I think they all, each match is different. Each oh yeah, they're all different. different. They're all different stories. So, and, yeah, yeah. It's like the Rock Austin trilogy. You've got the same yeah. with the Triple H Undertaker trilogy, which again, like I say people don't really acknowledge, but it's a damn good trilogy. So yeah, the reason I wanted to ask that though is because. I'm trying to devise a way to end shows a little bit more decisively. So I'm going to ask you a couple of quick fire questions. I'm going to sort of give you options between two wrestlers. Okay. Um, And I want to sort of see who you pick, if that's all right. Okay. So we'll go old school first of all. So Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Shawn Michaels. Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle. Oh, like Jericho's a bigger influence on me, but yeah. I was to say, well, no, Jericho, to be honest, like, look at the longevity that that guy's had. Chris Jericho. Sting, Hogan. Sting. Sting. Good man. And lastly, this is the this is the deciding one as to if I'll write nice stuff about you or not. But Austin or The Rock? Oh, Austin. Yes, good man. Yes, you will yeah. be... Stunning Steve. I steal stuff from Stunning Steve all the time. I I think I love his Stunning Steve stuff. I mean, obviously, I love the Austin era, but in the Attitude era, but um, I like as a wrestler now, I love looking back at his Stunning Steve stuff and like his class. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched a lot of his stuff recently, obviously, before the, you know, the broken neck, before he had to change up his style and stuff. And it's like, I forgot, like, like the stun gun was one of his, you know, signature moves and stuff like that. And it's just like, I totally forgot he used to do that. Yeah. And yeah. just like, oh, you watch the matches he had against Bret Hart. Yeah. And the dude was such a technician. It was unreal. But yeah, a lot of people don't remember that, that aspect of him. Well, like you say, the stunning Steve, uh, massive fan of the Hollywood Blondes. I was a massive mark for Pillman. So that was. Pillman's class. Pillman was fucking next level. He yeah. was ahead of his time. That was his issue. Yes. Yeah. He was, yeah, but it would fit in perfectly now. I think yeah, you could imagine he, he him. Was, yeah, he was a generation or two ahead. But he would have been something, he would have been special at the right time. Definitely. So, all right, we'll end on a little bit of appreciation for Pillman. Um, dude, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've, yeah, I've kept you longer than I intended to, so I apologise. I know it's Hello, late. Man. Cool. Uh, thank you for talking to me. Uh, do you want to plug the you know the YouTube channel? Do you want to plug your socials? Yeah, yeah, or... yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, inside the toy room on on YouTube. If you're interested in comics or toy collecting, or you know, I just want to see a different side of me. I guess uh, check it out. Like I'm really, I'm kind of proud of that channel. Kind of just a cool little thing that I get to do with one of my best friends. Um, but yeah, uh, in regards to following me on Instagram at Nathan underscore Cruz Nancy. Um, although my account is kind of like, bit, it's a little bit private. I, I, you know, as long as it's not a fake account, <laughs> I'll probably let you follow me. Um, but yeah, and the, and Inside the Toy Room also has its own Instagram, which is just at Inside the Toy Room. And the the professional Nathan Cruz on on Facebook, yes, which is of course how, how you contacted me, yeah. Um, so yeah, I always forget about that Facebook fan page, you know. <laughs> I really am bad with that one, <laughs> and it's just but, like next to my Insta or something. 
I, I suppose you've not been doing anything for the last couple of years. You've not, you've not had any need to use it, have you, for the last yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's the one that's really suffered from all of this that I keep forgetting about. <laughs> so well, I'll keep tagging you in stuff just to prompt you to look at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, to check it. So, uh, no, that was it. So I want to say uh, thank you for obviously watching. Hit the subscribe button. Um, and then, yeah, go subscribe to Nathan's channel as well. Show us some love. It's freaking awesome. Uh, if you're anything like me, you love that kind of stuff. So, yeah, go check it out. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. And uh, I will see you soon.